Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. A Christ-like life attracts attention, and it also attracts resentment. If we're going to live the gospel out in our culture, and we stand up for what's right, and we're living like Jesus Christ, do not be surprised if you're persecuted. Do not be surprised. Suffering for Christ will make us like Christ. While Pastor Ed comes to the end of his teachings on the Beatitudes today, we discover that these Beatitudes reflect the only perfect life that ever came to earth, the Son of God. Jesus was the only true portrayer of every Beatitude, especially the final one, being persecuted. When we live the life he portrayed, we too will find ourselves at odds with the world and are guaranteed to face difficulty. However, we will also always have the greatest reward waiting for us as we endure this persecution. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 10, with part one of his message entitled, Those Who Are Persecuted. We're in the last of the Beatitudes, the eighth Beatitudes. And these Beatitudes need to be our attitude and need to be our experience. Jesus shocks us. He surprises us. He tells us that we'll be happy, we'll be blessed if we live a Beatitude type of life. And it's so in conflict and so in contrast with what the world would tell us is the path to happiness. He surprises us at this last one. You would think that someone who lived a beatitude type of life would receive the applause of the world. They might all break out in song, he's a jolly good fellow, she's a jolly good gal. But what's the world's response to someone who incarnates the beatitudes? The eighth beatitude describes and capsulizes that response. Verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow. Blessed are the persecuted? We might say, Lord, I'll leave that blessing behind. (laughs) Why? Well, let's see. This beatitude shocks, disturbs us. We would expect someone who lived a beatitude type of life to be welcomed. Instead, he's booed. Jesus predicted that if you and I would live the type of life described by the Beatitudes, that we would incur persecution. Now, poverty, the poor in spirit, it runs contrary to the attitude of the world of pride and self-sufficiency, and arrogancy. Mourning 
repenting over sins and sorrow for the sins of our, our own sins and the sins of the world? Huh, that's repulsive to the world. A meek person. Someone who holds back when they could crush another. Someone who uh, doesn't easily take offense. Ah, meekness in the world's eyes is weakness. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Wait a minute, stop there. Their passion is for pleasure. They live to fulfill the lust of their flesh. Merciful? That really makes the grudge-bearing person person that's going to exact everything out of those who've wronged them uncomfortable merciful pure single-minded focused on God what a contradiction to the impure world that we live in that wants to push God away a peacemaker oh you would certainly think that a, a peacemaker would be welcomed No, because it's not peace at any price. Peacemakers recognize that unless man is at peace with God, they can't be at peace with himself, and they can't be at peace with their neighbors. They're at war with God. This is the job description of every believer. And fit into your job description as a follower of Jesus Christ is persecution. Well, Pastor, that doesn't seem right. Well, ask the apostles. Peter, were you persecuted? John, were you persecuted? Andrew, Paul. Each one of them, except for John, died a martyr's death. John in exile on the island of Patmos. Page through church history. Look at the true followers of Jesus Christ. Persecution was their lot. The Greek word, martyrs, means witness. That word witness also means martyr. Same Greek word, two different meanings. Why? Because those who were witnesses for Jesus Christ suffered persecution, and many of them lost their lives. I remember one time receiving a call from the 700 Club. They had asked me to visit a woman who had called up and was troubled, and so I went to her house, knocked on the door, and peering out the living room window, I saw someone sheepishly look at me. Slowly she made her way to the door, meekly opened it and said, Who are you? I explained that the 700 Club had called me and I was pastor of a local Assembly of God church and came to talk to her. And she let me in. And then she began to tell me her story. She pointed to the backyard and said, The people over there persecute me, Pastor. Because I'm a Christian. And the neighbor to my right, they persecute me. They sweep their dirt from their sidewalk onto my walk. And the other side, they just gossip about me. I thought, 
Surely this woman is not being persecuted because she's a Christian. She's being persecuted because she's a very odd individual. <laughs> Jesus is not talking about persecution that we bring upon ourselves foolishly. Peter talks about that. He, writing to a persecuted church in 1 Peter 4, says this, If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble. Now, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and I like this phrase in particular. Or prying into other people's affairs. Some people are persecuted because they don't live right. They are sinning in some way, and it brings persecution upon them. They are persecuted for non-righteousness. Some people are persecuted for not only non-righteousness, but self-righteousness. Yes, they're judgmental towards everyone. They have a better-than-now attitude. They're offensive in their witness. If they were not saved, they'd still be persecuted because of their quirky personality. No, it's not referring to people who are like a magnet and bring attention upon themselves. Don't make a martyr out of yourself. Why did Jesus say we would be persecuted? What is the cause of persecution? And that's my first point. What is the cause of persecution? Persecuted... Verse 10, for what? Righteousness persecuted because of me. Punishment is what we give, good people give, to wicked people. Persecution is what wicked people do to good people. In this beatitude, because of righteousness, people are persecuted. What we represent our lifestyle should be one of righteousness. What we represent, that's why we're persecuted. Our lifestyle is a rebuke to this world. We are a conscience to the unsaved. You're at the office, and they say, here's a binder, just take it. I can't do that, that's stealing. Did you notice how that fella never laughs when I tell a joke? He has a cloud that sort of comes over his face when we tell him some of those funny jokes. He says it's because he's a Christian. We're persecuted because our walk is different. We walk in righteousness and holiness because our lifestyle is different. Now, the one sin that this world, this generation seems not to tolerate at all, and they label as absolutely the only sin they acknowledge, almost, is the sin of intolerance. That nails us. Because when you stand up and you say, the only proper expression for our sexuality is a man and a woman in a marriage relationship, and you say homosexuality is wrong, Suddenly you're labeled as a bigot. You're marked down as someone who is expressing hateful words. 
In fact, I was talking to someone, they mentioned in Canada, the law is now that you can't speak against homosexuality. What do the pastors do when they come to Romans chapter 1? We need to clearly be persecuted for righteousness sake. Being able to say the right thing in the right way at the right time for the right cause. I think some Christians are like that man in Pilgrim's Progress. Christian and faithful are walking along having a conversation. Christian and faithful are two characters in the allegory Pilgrim's Progress. And faithful notices a man come by and he begins to talk to him. And this man is called talkative. He talks such a wonderful talk. Talk to him about religion and my He sounds so spiritual. You would think that he was Billy Graham. But Christian pulls faithful aside and says, listen, he talks no matter where he is, and he fits into every environment. If he's in a bar room at a pub drinking with someone, he'll sound just as good as if he's in church talking to some Christians. He's like a chameleon. And some people are chameleons. In church, hands raised, spiritual conversation. In the marketplace of life, they fit so well. They walk the road of compromise. They've trained themselves to straddle the fence. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you'll be persecuted for righteousness. There's no question about it. Derek Bonhoeffner, the Christian that was persecuted and suffered martyrdom in in Germany, said this. Suffering, then, is the badge of a true disciple. The disciple is not above his master. That's why Luther reckoned suffering among the marks of the true church. And one of the memorandum drawn up in preparation for the Augsburg Confession similarly defines the church as a community of those who are persecuted and martyred for the gospel's sake. Discipleship means allegiance to suffering the suffering Christ. And it is therefore not at all surprising that Christians should be called upon to suffer. In fact, it is a joy and a token of his grace. Spurgeon was so depressed at the criticism hurled at him that he went into a depression. His wife took a passage of scripture and wrote it in script and pasted it on the ceiling of their bedroom. So when Spurgeon would lie down in depression, he'd look up and he'd see that verse and he'd read it again and again and it would get into his spirit. Here's the verse. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All who desire to live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Focus you that your attention on that one word. All, 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 all. Underline it. Circle it. If you're living a godly life, if you're living a righteous life, you will be persecuted at some time in some way. 
Hugh Latimer, one of the leaders of the Protestant Reformation in England, was appointed the royal chaplain of King Henry VIII. Royal Latimer stood before King Henry VIII and he began his sermon. He was going to preach on sin and the sins of Henry VIII. And he said to himself in the sermon, Latimer, Latimer, thou art going to speak before the high and mighty king, Henry VIII, who is able, if he thinks fit, to take thy life away. Be careful what thou sayest. But Latimer, Latimer, remember, also thou art about to speak before the king of kings and lord of lords. Take heed that thou dost not displease him. Beloved, the praises of men is passing. The praises of God is eternal. And I'd rather please God any day than please men. I'd rather have God's favor than men's passing praise. I'd rather be on God's uh, list of men beloved of him than on the world's circuit of praise because one day they could be for you, the next day they against you. You can fall from popularity, but God is the one who truly we have to please. Latimer said, Whatever you, wherever you see persecution, there is more than a probability that truth is on the persecuted side. Wherever you see it. It's because of what we represent. Our lives, our walk, our talk, ought to all reflect that we're children of the King, that we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, that we belong to the Messiah. Our talk ought to line up with the Scriptures, and our walk and our talk ought to be the same. Not only because of what we represent, but because of who we represent. And in Matthew 5, 11, it says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. The best man history ever saw was Jesus. And the religious world and the political world joined hands to crucify him. If we are going to walk in his footsteps... And be like Christ. Is our story going to be any different? If Jesus Christ were to appear today, if he were to walk among us today, do you think the reception would be any different than he received 2,000 years ago? No, the world hasn't changed. They would take him, they would crucify him, they would reject him, they would despise him. And the more and more the church looks like Jesus Christ, the more and more the world will reject the church. That unsettles us. But listen to Jesus' words. If the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. Now, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. 
San Vanarola, one of the great preachers in church history, stood like a mighty prophet in the city of Florence, decrying the sins of the clergy, decrying the sins of the political arena. And he would preach Sunday after Sunday against the sins of his culture. They became angry with him. The church and the political arena conspired to kill him. The bishop took him by the hand and said, Thus I exclude thee from the church militant and the church triumphant. To Latimer's response, From the church militant thou mayest, but from the church triumphant thou canst not. That does not belong to you. The last they heard from him as they burned him at the stake was this, My Savior, though innocent, willingly died for my sins, and should not I willingly give up this poor body out of love to him? A Christ-like life attracts attention, and it also attracts resentment. If we're going to live the gospel out in our culture and we stand up for what's right and we're living like Jesus Christ, do not be surprised if you're persecuted. Do not be surprised. Suffering for Christ will make us like Christ. That's Paul's cry, that I might know him in the fellowship of of his sufferings. Let's secondly look at the character of persecution. There's, according to the scripture, verbal persecution. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Now today we're living in the aftermath of the great awakening. Great revivalists like Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, men like Finney, have impacted the culture. And so because of their ministry, the culture was more accepting of Christian values. But as we enter into a post-Christian era, we will see a rise in persecution against true believers. We will see a rise in persecution against those who follow Jesus Christ. Count on it. It will happen. It's true of history, and it will be true of our country. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you can expect, as we move further and further from God, those who are like God are going to be pushed and persecuted. We don't want the Ten Commandments in the courtroom. Let's take the name of God out of the pledge. Let's remove prayer. From our schoolrooms, let's call that judge, was it Judge Moore? A fanatic. We need men like him who will not care what the world says, but will care what God says. We need those who will say, I know that I'm going to miss this promotion because I stand for Jesus Christ and I won't be dishonest at my job. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith. 
with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from the Gospel of Matthew and Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Beatitudes. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select Today's Date from the Voice of Faith Media Player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. We'd also like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Beatitudes right here on Voice of Faith.